Max, talking of best espresso that you've had in ages, uh, yeah. we're going to actually go through, we're going to go through a, um, uh, we're going to have a session today on, on making great espresso. Yes. But in particular, right, there's a number of things. What I really want to do is pick up on maybe some of the less talked about things, mm -hmm. because, you know, if you sort of, if we, we're going to go through, we're going to cover the basics, obviously, as well. But we're also going to cover some of the things that I personally have learned um, over the last, I think probably even over the last year, uh, mm -hmm. even though I've been making espresso longer, even the last year I've been making espresso in different ways with lots of different beans because of this whole bean thing that we've been doing. Mm -hmm. And that's challenged me in uh -huh. a number of different ways, I have to say. I found that very... Uh, very challenging, very enlightening. Uh, and I've had to adapt my style and try different things. Um, and so we're going to talk about uh, both of our experiences and give some tips on what's helped us make better espresso. So, are you ready? Yeah. Always. I was born ready. I was really hoping you weren't going to say that, but you went there. Hey, I, I am Mr. Obvious here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Captain Obvious. Okay, well, Captain Obvious, you can do the obvious ones. But the obvious ones, um, which, what we're really talking about, um, when we say, actually have to say, let's define espresso for a second, because one of the things I found is that depending upon the type of beans that I'm using and the mm -hmm. characteristics of those beans, I will sometimes prefer to have them as a ristretto. Yeah. And some of my family and friends will prefer to have them as a lungo. Mm -hmm. And I would categorize all of these things as espresso-ish drinks. Absolutely. And so, and so actually, when we talk about making great espresso, what we might be doing is actually saying when you might want to try to, to move it, uh, move the needle one way or the other and create a different mm -hmm. type of drink out of it. But also... Um, but also some of the additional tips that, and, and maybe some of the old wives tales that, that, that get debunked or not. Mm -hmm. uh, and some of the little tips that maybe I have to, I'd be a hand on heart, say I was kind of ashamed of, <laughs> <laughs> I was ashamed of because I thought they were probably stupid and that I was being stupid for doing them and found out later I was vindicated because actually right. they uh, smart espresso people are also doing this. So mm. with that said, uh, let's start. Should we start with a few of the basic things? So for those people who are coming in who are maybe more early on in the game of making espresso mm -hmm. and just want to lay down the basics of, you know, how you make a, how you make a good espresso, what are the things that you need to do? Do you want to kick off with? I will we'll do a little backwards and forwards. Yeah, and you kick I think, off with one, I, I and think I'll actually we should uh, we should first of all uh, we should divide the thing in two. So uh -huh. there is uh, if you want if you're if you're at the beginning of it, if you're at the beginning of your journey, uh, try to do the least you do the better it is because there is right. less stuff that can go wrong. Yeah, and when you see people doing all fancy stuff, first of all, not always they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, and that is a fact. That's so true. And that is also true with us, because yeah, no, it's not. What am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there is there is there are other things that are a little more advanced that you can do, uh, starting for example with the pre infusion and this kind of stuff. But if you you don't need to do it to have a great espresso right, shot. Right. Well, in actual fact, I'm glad you mentioned pre-infusion because that was one of the things I wanted to to pick up on is is say let's try and keep this. We can touch mm -hmm. upon 
something like that, what that is. Mm-hmm. But let's not say things like, well, the first thing you need to do is go and spend $12,000 on a you know, XYZ machine. Let's try and keep it say, you know what? Anybody with any machine can do premium. You can maybe make a small investment. You know, you can go and spend 40 bucks or 20 bucks or something to, to buy an X. Ah, right. Let's not say go and change your machine out to one that has pre-infusion. No, absolutely not. You don't need it. Well, I need it, obviously, but 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 well, yeah, I mean, because we got upgrade upgraditis. We've got what? I don't mean. I think I know what that is, but I don't know what it is. We've got upper upgraditis. So when you when you need oh, to upgraditis, upgraditis. Okay, yeah. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. We I've definitely got upgraditis. Yeah. Uh, but you don't need it. No, you don't. You don't. Yeah, you and, make, and, and, it's it's so, not going to be the, the 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 problem you'll start out with. Go, Max. Absolutely. Go. So first things first. The main thing you need is a grinder, good grinder. Yeah. And I cannot stress these enough. So you need something that is consistent, something that is uh, efficient, and something that um, you can trust from shot to shot. And you don't need anything that is crazy that you have like um, micro adjustment, stepless adjustments. That, 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 that's rubbish. That's a ra- load of rubbish. You, the coffee grinder needs to get needs to get you close to where you need to be, and then you can play around with other variables. You can play around with the quantity of coffee. You can play around with uh, um, with the tamping. You can play around with the, with a different porta filter, for example, or the, the volume that you extract into. But all of the coffee grinders that are rated for espresso and they must be rated for espresso. So don't go and get. Um, 50 pound uh, coffee grinder because that's not going to make espresso it's not going to make good tasting espresso is not going to make good tasting and when we say 50 pounds whatsoever. we're talking the currency here um as in 50 dollars yeah. uh, not not yeah. 50 pound as in the weight which is what an american would think oh no 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 no, no. <laughs> i apologize <laughs> um so don't don't go get a cheap a cheap one uh if you have to get a cheap one you don't get it and you can get uh, either pre-ground coffee from the from the the roasters, it's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be close to something better. Or uh, get a cheap grinder and get a pressurized porta filter. It's absolutely fine to use a pressurized porta filter, and it will get you started on the different beans and on the different variety of beans. Then you can move from that. So I would say the grinder first. Um, after, in light of my new discovery of the hand grinder, actually getting a hand grinder might give you more, more, more value for your money. Yeah. Because if you spend a couple of hundred pounds, uh, so 200, $250 on, uh, on a hand grinder, you will get a hand grinder that is on par with an electric, an electric grinder that is about, I don't know, 500-ish. Right. So, you're upping your game significantly and they're fine. Uh, so that's my number one thing. Okay. What do you think? Uh, so I, I would just, I would agree that the grind is like the number one thing to start with, or certainly, yeah, no, it is the number one thing to start with. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you on the pressurized porta filter side. Um, I've never made a huge amount of coffee, so I, I don't know on what basis I'm disagreeing. Principle, I think probably principle. 
Uh, but um, but I would say I'd be I would agree with the motives behind it, which is don't buy a cheap grinder because that's all you've got at the moment. Save up and get a and get a decent grinder. It doesn't have to be a fortune. As Max is saying, like some of those hand grinders apparently are are fantastic, and I have heard the same thing as well from other people. Uh, so don't buy cheap because you definitely will end up buying twice or spending a, a a lot of money on beans and trying to work out why it all still tastes disgusting and it'll be because you've got a really bad quality grinder so that's definitely uh, i do agree with that um so the the funny enough also that the next thing i i'm just covering some of the basic things here i'd say um beans <laughs> i mean it sounds obvious and I, and again some people are gonna things if we don't mention this Someone's going to shoot us down. I guarantee you someone will write to oh, us yeah. and go, <laughs> you know, well, you even forgot to mention that you need to buy fresh beans. Well, yeah. Okay. So yeah. the beans make a huge amount of difference. As a matter of fact, not only do you want to say fresh beans, I would say uh, you want to get freshly roasted beans, but you must let them sit for yes. at least seven days, maybe 10 days or so. Mm -hmm. um, so I always buy beans that have a roast date on them. Yep. And I can look at that roast date, and I know if they were roasted uh, five days ago, I'll wait another four days or five days before mm -hmm. I will um, start to start to use them. But you certainly don't want to buy beans that you've had in your cupboard for the last six months and you bought from the supermarket and you think, well, I'll start with that. You just probably almost certainly won't get, well, you won't get good coffee out of, uh, out of those. So I'd say start with fresh beans, Max. Mm -hmm. uh the coffee machine, obviously. Uh, so you don't need to spend a fortune on a coffee machine. You just need to get to get something that uh, is reliable, that is uh, clean enough. And also you do not need to upgrade your coffee machine indefinitely, uh, doing crazy things. Most of the times, and I, and I see these in a lot of Facebook groups, People start uh, buy a Gaja Classic and then they start putting, oh, I've put the PID on, I've put the, the dimmer switch modification to have flow control and then uh, put the, the pressure gauge and then put um, IMS uh, screen, IMS baskets and uh, all, of, all of these sort of things. You don't need that. You do not need, especially IMS uh, screen, shower screen, you don't need it. If you keep your machine stock, it's capable of perfectly good espresso mm. without needing any sort of modification. Once you're comfortable with that, very comfortable, and you don't, that's why you don't need to upgrade it right away. Once you're very comfortable, you can start thinking, okay, I want to upgrade something and see what, what difference it makes. Mm -hmm. Because if you hear us, for example, Nick and I uh, talking about, oh yeah, I got a new IMS basket and it did make a difference. That is because we actually have consistently good espresso from uh, our gadget systems. Yeah, so it's the next, basically, it's, it's the next, you're taking it to the point where you've got it to the weakest point, and now you're addressing the next weakest point. If you haven't got it to the weakest point yet, <clears throat> you know, because you're still making, you're not making good espresso, yeah. and the, the problem isn't the basket, the problem is you or the, the beans that you've got, start mm -hmm. with the basics work your way up right and then yes. don't bother doing the fancy stuff until you've got a, a good enough setup and set of skills that that, that kind of make precisely it right. because it, it will just confuse the hell out of you yeah yeah changing too many variables at the same time it's just too much yeah so for me the next thing i'll do is um i think so but the, the 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 last thing actually i was going to say on the basic side 
of, of things. I think we're covering the, the basics um, in terms of what we're buying, what, what you've got in terms of equipment is the water. Now, this was a tough one a few years ago because if you wanted to say to somebody, get good coffee water uh, or good water for coffee, you'd have, they'd have to plug in a system and then the whole thing became very difficult to do. But now, actually, you can go and get some uh, tablets. There's tablets out there that you can put into your, into your uh, water jug or you can do what I've got, which is the peak water filter, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a British company is got this uh, uh it's like a brita jug like yeah. a brita water filter but made for coffee and it makes a huge difference it's a completely different filter filtration system and it's mm-hmm. matched you you set it up and there's a control knob on there that that sets it to the particular hardness of the water that you've got and that makes an immediate night and day difference and it's a pretty low investment uh once you've once you've got it so uh, i would say get the water set up that will make an impact on your coffee so if you've got fresh beans you've got a decent grinder you've got fresh water you know you're you're and you've got an, a, a basic espresso machine that that you've got that you've got some you need some manual control over it if all it is is push a button okay you kind of you're in the wrong podcast I yeah, think. It's, it's a, <laughs> the black box approach doesn't really help because no. it's going to make something and you don't know what it's doing no and you'll have you won't have the ability to adjust it depending upon what kind of espresso you want or exactly. what kind of beans you've got so so that basically covers it so you've got the basis covered if you've done that we forgot one thing oh have i forgot something what have i forgot scale oh well, no, i haven't forgotten that comes that, that's in the that's not well, mm, I put that in the second be... level. I put that in the second level, but mm. maybe it's in the first level. You think that's at the first level? I think it's in the first level because, uh, for example, I didn't use uh, scale at the very beginning. Yeah. And uh, because yeah, I was right. eyeballing it. And you can eyeball it, but you need some experience to eyeball how much coffee goes in. I know that when, when, I, when, I, put, when I pour my espresso, I know that more or less I'm putting about between 16 and 18 grams. But that, that is already a big difference. Yeah. So a scale, I'm not saying get an Akaya Pearl or anything that is uh, 0.1 accurate, 0.1 gram accurate. A scale. Kitchen well, scale. Well, I'll tell you why Ooh. I put it in the second, in the second group, and I'm, mm-hmm. I remember now, um, is I wanted to put it in the first group, but as soon as you get a scale, it introduces a whole lot of follow-on factors that you, that you need to consider. For example, Max, mm-hmm. for example, for me, the cheaper scales are not tiny and small and thin. Um, they are sort of, you know, because they're cheap, they tend to be a bit bulkier. Mm-hmm. And on the Gagia Classic Pro that I've got, if you put the scale underneath of that with the standard two-spout um, portafilter basket, uh, your, your espresso glass or cup doesn't fit underneath. Mm. So you can't actually be weighing the coffee when it comes out. And now there's ways around that, but now you start getting into a little bit more complicated. So what I would say is, I don't know the right answer to this, but I think it's absolutely correct that you get a scale, you can get a cheap one, and you can weigh it before and after. So you've got an idea of how much volume and and whether you're right on the money with the weight when it's coming out. Yes, because Because you can time it. You can time it. But the thing is, is, the important point on this is that if you if you don't do, if you think that, well, you know what, this is, uh, this is an art, 
you know, yeah. and, and I'm going to be an art and this is going to be, and, and doing all this math and this scale, it's, it's not really for me. If you think that you're going to get frustrated because mm-hmm. if you don't weigh what's going in and what's coming out initially until you really, really, and even when you really know your stuff, you still use the scale, but yes, at the beginning, it's almost the, like the most important thing, mm-hmm. because if you don't do that, um, you're just wandering around in the dark. It's a bit mm-hmm. like trying to find a black cat in the dark when you're blindfolded. You're making yeah. espresso. You don't know how many beans are going in. You don't know how much grounds are getting out. You don't know how much coffee you're getting out at, you know, when you've made your espresso. Mm-hmm. Those are all the variables that matter, right? Yeah. So you've, you've got to put some kind of framework in place where you know how much beans are going in, how much grounds are coming out, how much coffee you've made at the end of it, and you can get an idea of what to expect um, mm-hmm. in terms of flavor. And if there's something wrong with the flavor there, you can say, right, well, I've done all the rest of it. Okay, maybe I need to change something else. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. Good call. Yeah, because to me, um, the, the scale comes because you, you know how much coffee you're putting in. Then weighing afterwards, that, that's, that's secondary, but at least you know how much coffee you're putting in your portafilter. Yeah. If you get a consistent dose, well, that's one of the things you can fix and you can change the grind, you can change how you tamp. Mm-hmm. And then brings to the next bit, tamping. Right. Uh, tamping. Do you want to do tamping next or, or the porta um, filters or the baskets? I would, uh, I, I would actually do tamping first. Porta filter okay, baskets, um, you need to know them and you need to know what they look like and how much they can take in. And if so, for example, one thing, it's a myth that uh, a lot of people he- I hear from, uh, read from a lot of people, the Gadget Classic portafilter, the original portafilter does not take 18 grams. It's a 16 gram portafilter. That's filter, right. Not portafilter, filter. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's another important thing. Um, but tamping, for example, I see a lot of things that um, often people tend to, First of all, they tamp a lot and they like go with both hands on top of the, of the, the, the tamper. You, you don't need that. You don't need to do that. You just tap on the side to distribute it more or less flat and then press it down to flatten it. Mm-hmm. Uh, more or less the weight of an arm, like of an uncomfortable, uh, uncomfortably pushing with one arm. That's it. Yeah, this is one of those old wise tales. I, look, this is probably one of the most debated areas of espresso mm-hmm. making, and people have made a fortune on fancy tampers. I would say uh, you don't need to get a fancy tamper. Uh, I've made a lot of great coffee without tamping at all. Um, so that's another thing. I wouldn't necessarily recommend this place to start. I, I think it's it's a good idea to tamp your coffee when you're starting out, mm-hmm. but it is not important whether you get the exact right amount of pressure. I wouldn't get fussed about that. I would, I would be much more focused on making sure that you have distributed the coffee evenly and then are tamping evenly mm-hmm. with the right size tamper that fits into the basket, which yes. is another absolutely crucial element because if you are not tamping on the sides, if it doesn't fit all the way into on the sides, the water is just going to run down the side. You're going to get what's called channeling and, and, and that's going to be, it doesn't matter how good you do the rest of it, that's going to wreck your espresso yeah. every single time. So getting the right size tamper with a flat base, not a not a, any kind of curves not, or concave. You don't need those fancy ones. Not a fancy and, one. And just push evenly so that it's flat. Yeah. Flat. And another thing that I yeah. see a lot, push 
and pull up. Do not spin the thing because that is just yeah. for, for making the, the the surface look good, look polished, right? Yes. And if you the the mistake people make actually, and and I used to this is one of the mistakes I made. I'll be, I'll come clean. I used to push and then I would spin, but I would have some pressure spinning. Mm -hmm. And what I learned later on, of course, is if you've got any pressure when you're spinning, you'll disrupt. You'll maybe cause a little bit of 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 um, uh, little fractures or whatever. And you will unseat the the, the puck. Yeah, so yeah, you, it's not gonna good. have water running around. So, so that brings me on to the next thing. I'm going to talk about the baskets. Actually, no, no yes. you know what? You talk about the baskets. Okay. Um, uh, I want to say because I, I think you mentioned. Um, the scales and the amount going in there, mm -hmm. you, you can talk about the um, making sure you got the right basket for the quantity of coffee you're making. Yes. I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about, uh, what do I want to talk about, Max? Uh, <laughs> the, the porta filters <sighs> or not? Not the, uh, we could not really, not really. Um, well, here's what I want to talk about. So the objective, mm -hmm. um, the objective is to make, and this is all kind of lined up with, with I guess, the, the, the basket, the porta filter. Mm -hmm. But so when you're starting out, or even when you're starting out, because again, this was something that I, I, I learned, I think, relatively later on. I sort of, I did, I followed. I was like, see monkey, do monkey, whatever, right? That's what I would do. I see someone do it that way. That's how I do it. And actually, funny enough, I mean, making coffee in a coffee shop for, a, you know, for ages, I, I, I wouldn't say... I, I've learned more making coffee at home, much more than ever in the mm -hmm. shop. In the shop, when I was running my shop and I was making lots and lots of coffees, we made the same coffees, mm -hmm. right? So we didn't change the beans. We didn't change the grinder. We didn't change the grind settings because mm -hmm. it was not a particularly sophisticated coffee shop. It was, uh, it was more of a, it was more like a deli. It wasn't sophisticated. The deli we had, it was very sophisticated. It was, uh, yeah, we had like, it was a, it was a restaurant deli coffee shop. Mm -hmm. um, but in there, when we made coffee, we made a lot of coffees. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, the, the coffee making process there was much more around utilitarian concerns mm -hmm. get me 10 espressos right bang 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 next 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 you know and uh, and try to avoid the person behind you with a knife who's who's slicing something mm -hmm. so that that's where all all the training was around at home i'm getting different beans every week because of what we're doing Mm -hmm. and and i'm trying to to extract different flavors and try different types of espressos so i'm learning a, lo a lot more and so one of the things that i learned was that um was that and this sounds very basic when you when you say it but you know mm -hmm. a lot of people don't understand the science that your objective the water is coming down from the shower screen it hits the coffee puck yeah right it soaks into the coffee puck and what you want is an even extraction from the top to the bottom mm -hmm. of that coffee puck so now understanding this once you understand this uh, everything else all kind of makes a lot of sense a lot of the other stuff we're talking about makes sense if you've got a coffee puck that is uneven or, or if you've got a coffee puck where the granules and the fines that mm -hmm. are included in there are distributed unevenly, mm -hmm. the water will find, because it's under pressure, will find that way through. And so some water will be running faster and, it, and, and therefore extracting less coffee then other water that's going through in another location will be going mm -hmm. through slower and extracting more coffee. You'll get yeah. what's called an uneven extraction. It'll taste disgusting and, and it'll be different every time. So yeah. your objective is for the water to go through the coffee from the top of the puck 
to the bottom of the puck uniformly, equally, with an equal Uh extraction. And how do you do that? You do that with a good grinder. If you don't have a good grinder, you cannot do that. Ergo, you cannot have a good extraction. Uh You do that with what we call puck preparation, which is how you get, which we're going to talk about in a minute, which is how you get the um, the puck in a in a in a condition where the water is going to flow evenly through it, and you do that with a decent basket. Yeah, and so, another thing that uh, I would would point at if your if your training comes from a coffee shop, you don't drink those coffees, and that makes a yeah. difference because you have no way of telling unless you just look at them how the coffee tastes. That's right. And what's more, it actually it doesn't matter because people would come to me and they'd all have different ideas of what they wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, some people would say, I want it long. Some people, I want it short. Some people exactly. want it hotter or colder. And uh, so the way that we did that in the coffee shop was was very different from the way that you, you would. So the way you would address those questions in a coffee shop mm-hmm. is very different from the way you'd address it at home because yeah. we're limited in the coffee shop. We've got a three-group machine that's set up in a particular way by the guys that do the maintenance. Mm-hmm. I can't change the temperature on it. Um, I, I didn't have the latest fancy machine. This is, you know, you know this mm-hmm. was not in London. This was out in North Macedonia. Yeah, um, but they're also designed to do different things. Yeah, they are designed. They're, they're designed to keep an, a level temperature and to mm-hmm. kick out coffee after coffee after coffee at a consistent temperature. Precisely. Yeah. So that's another thing that thing that people tend to forget when they get into the, these coffee shenanigans. Um, oh, coffee machine is more expensive. Uh, heat exchanger is more expensive. Must be better. No, it's not necessarily better. Yeah, actually, different purpose. A, yeah, a heat exchanger might actually be a pain to to use compared to a gadget because mm. it, it it depends. It depends how many coffees you make one after the other. It depends what's important for you. Right. You want to steam and, and have a coffee at the same time. If you want to make two or three shots in a, in a row and be okay, then, then yes, you need a, a heat exchanger. You want a heat exchanger. Otherwise, a, a gadget is perfectly fine. A gadget, um, sage, anything with a single boiler. Yeah. But, so talk about um, the puck. So we talked about puck preparation. Talk about the basket baskets. and how that's important in the, in the whole scheme of yes. things. So baskets, uh, they, first of all, it's important to understand the dose that a basket is designed for. So the single dose basket is designed for seven grams. So you sometimes get it in Gadget Classics. I don't know because I think I don't think I've ever bought a new one. <laughs> so no. I don't know if you get one. Generally, single doses, single dose espressos don't make the best espresso. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that is designed for seven to nine grams. It depends when you have this bracket. It actually depends on the coffee that you're using. So if you use a very dark roast, which is very dry, you want to use the lower threshold, so seven grams, because there's gonna be very little water content. So the same weight is going to have more volume. If you use a light roast, it's gonna be heavier because there's more water retained in there and it's going to be heavier. So if if you take the seven grams, you're going to have very little coffee. And that's where, and that's why you have the bracket. Um, if you go for bigger baskets, the double dose that comes standard on the Gadget Classic is actually 14 grams, 16 sometimes you can push, especially if you use uh, um, 
sorry, light roasts. So 16 grams you can put on that basket. Uh, if you use a dark roast, probably 14 grams is already is already plenty enough. And uh, when you see uh, the imprint of the shower screen, you've put too much coffee. <laughs> yeah, that's always yeah. When it sticks to the top of your of your yeah. shower screen, if you if when you take the 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 coffee after you pull an espresso, when you take the the portafilter out, if you see the shower screen impression, that's too much coffee. Yeah, yeah. And do not do the autopsy of the pack unless you really want to see something particular. But then you have to break the pack apart and then see if there is well, dry. Do you know what? I, I, this is one of the things I learned about doing puck autopsy because I did that for, a, for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that the reason why it's useless. Um, and that is because if you're using a coffee machine with a solenoid valve, mm-hmm. um, a solenoid valve is this thing. So if you imagine you're putting pressure on the puck, where all mm-hmm. the water's got pressure on the puck, it's pushing the water through, pushing the water through, pushing the water through. And then in order to make your puck nice and not soupy and, and dry, mm-hmm. when you finish the extraction, uh, the pressure basically reverses that the, the, the water stops going through. There's a vacuum and the water, whatever water is at the top of the puck is sucked back out and then goes out the, the pipe. Yeah. That's what the solenoid valve does. That suction will create fractures or potentially could create disruption or fractures in your puck. So you could take it out, look at your puck and go, Oh, you know, that's the problem. I got a, you know, I got a problem mm-hmm. there. got a little bit of disruption on my puck. Well, you don't know because that may have happened during the um, during the process when you finish the extraction, yeah, very true. Um, again, uh, also still on the baskets, um, there are many different baskets. If you start going around and um, shop around, you're gonna find that there are uh, uh, competition, what they call competition baskets, which are nicer baskets. They are engineered. the The holes of the basket are uh, more round, more regular, and that also helps in the extraction but it will only help you if you already are on the very edge of what you can obtain from the machine. Mm. In a new basket, if you don't know what you're doing, it's not going to make a difference. It's just going to waste your money. Unless you've got a bad basket. And I, and I say that when I say bad, I mean a tapered basket because um, one of the things, one of the things that, that I know made a difference to me mm-hmm. um, was, was my original Gagia basket has oh no actually no it wasn't original it was the second one i got mm-hmm. but i got it and it and had a tapering at the bottom i the, think the original one did i can't mm-hmm. remember if it did or not so basically what we're talking about in the basket um you've got the walls down the side but when it hits the bottom before it goes in the holes some of them taper in presumably yeah. to try to concentrate the the water flow into a into a smaller surface area mm-hmm. And that's generally now um, eschewed, or as as, as been uh, people believe that's not the way you should you should work out your flow, and you should try to get a flow profile in, in the through the through the um, basket. Mm-hmm. You have vertical walls that just stop at the bottom, so that what you've got is an even amount of coffee from top to bottom. That thing we talked about earlier before about yes. having an even extraction of water of coffee as the water goes through from the top of the puck to the bottom of the puck, mm-hmm. it, it can only happen if you've got an even puck. If you've got yes. a shaped puck, then that doesn't apply anymore. That science doesn't apply anymore. Exactly. If you have a so, taper uh, on the side, you're going to have a slower flow than on the center. Yeah, exactly. And so that's your extraction is going to be different. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. Not yet, because as long as it's consistent, you're okay. 
Right, right. So it has to be consistent. And if you use the stock basket, it's, it's still going to be consistent if you have the right technique. Mm -hmm. So you don't need the upgrades until you need the upgrades. Right. So You're being probably, far too sensible for this podcast, Max. I, I huh? have to, you're being far too sensible on this I podcast. Know, right? Remember that this is a basket. It's going to cost 20 quid or something like 25 pounds or, or dollars. And um, if, if you're making disgusting espresso, this isn't going to save you, right? Exactly. So, that's, that's precisely what I'm after. So it's not. If you're making good espresso and you're looking for a way to make it even better, then that would be one thing to 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 yeah. try, which is a pretty cost-effective way to do it. True. They they also have better materials, and some of them now have like this nano coating. Yeah, it which makes is, it easier to clean. Makes it easier to clean. Yeah. Oh, that's by. You know what? That's something that's not on my list, but we should add that. Yeah. You should be cleaning your machine. You only make better espresso. If you're not cleaning your machine regularly, then uh, you are going to be leaving oils, mm -hmm. uh, both on the shower screen and on all the equipment you use in the baskets. Um, and that absolutely will introduce uh, bitterness uh, mm -hmm. into, into your brew. So I personally, I use pulley, but a lot of other people use this other stuff called cafizza. Cafizza, yeah. yeah. Um, they're they're the cleaning same. chemicals. The same thing, basically. I'm sure that they'll be all horrified to hear that say that. but um they're cleaning chemicals they're pretty cheap to get you don't use a lot of them i clean my equipment every week every sunday it's a little ritual i go through it doesn't take very long you need mm -hmm. a blank uh, what's called a blank plate so you pop out yep. the uh, basket you put the blank plate in you put a little scoop you get a little brush with a scoop on it you put a little scoop of the chemicals in mm -hmm. you run it three or four times uh through just following instructions you run it and at the same time i take the baskets that i've taken out and I pop them in a little Tupperware thing with some hot water, another scoop of chemicals, put that aside for an hour, job mm -hmm. done. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to rinse everything. You obviously rinse everything out, uh, or you make the first couple of espressos you make, you give them to somebody else. Right? <laughs> that you um, don't particularly like. <laughs> somebody you don't like. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, and then, talking about porta filters, there is a lot of hype about bottomless porta filters. I don't say that. That's one of my next things. Ah! You can't, you can't, yeah, you can't shoot down the bottomless porta filter. I'm not going to shoot it down. Uh huh. But uh, why You're do enough you need? You're in war here. Uh, oh yeah. Okay, why do on. you need? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Come on. Bring it. Bring it, pal. <laughs> bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why do you need? Uh, why do you need a bottomless porta filter? Uh, because it helps to train you. So if you've got extraction Good. problems, um, so it's not because of how it looks, right? Although it does look kind well, of... Uh, also because of how it looks. It, yeah, it, so if you it, want to impress your friends on Facebook, you get yourself a bottomless porta filter, mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, it looks amazing, unless you yeah, screw and it up. Practice a lot. It goes everywhere, practice a lot. Yeah, So, but this is the thing. So there are times when I make <laughs> a coffee and I use the naked porta filter, naked bottomless, the same thing. So you use a naked porta filter, and it shoots everywhere. And I yeah. think, man, I, what did I do wrong? <laughs> so, why everywhere. I'm in everywhere. Selfie? I mean, it goes everywhere. I mean, it'll yeah. come out like, how does it get out of that angle? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so everything gets covered in, in espresso, basically. Yeah. Uh, but what this is basically telling you is something's wrong. The other thing you do is you, when you look at it uh, as it's coming out, uh, you want to see, is it coming out in one location or is it coming out evenly, relatively evenly across the whole bottom? And by looking at that, you start to say, okay, you know what? I've, maybe I've tamped unevenly, or maybe I haven't distributed 
uh, the coffee very well. And we're going to talk a little bit about some ways of doing that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it absolutely, it absolutely does give you an indication. It's a training tool and not, exactly. nothing more than a training tool. Did it I get that right, Max? Tool. Absolutely. I, I agree hundred percent on it. I forgot one thing. Yeah. We both forgot one thing. Yeah. And it comes up, especially when you, when you use the bottomless porta filter the first time. If you haven't got the, the pressure adjusted to nine bar, you're into for a nasty, a very nasty surprise. Right. <laughs> because I've actually never tried one on a machine that's not nine bar. What happens? I have it seen it. Is it funny? It's, um, it reminded me of, uh, of the space shuttle taking off. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's okay. literally, you have a column of coffee coming out of it. Right. And that is because the coffee machines, unfortunately... Nowadays, they are calibrated for to be used with um, pressurized porta filters. Um, commercial, sorry, user. Um, not- like people are buying pre-ground coffee and then putting it in a you. pressurized porta filter, and they come out at fifteen bars, and yes. it it's not ideal. Yeah. So, if you've got a machine that 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 that's coming that's using fifteen bars, certainly one of the fastest ways to improve your coffee is to see if you can change that. Uh, some machines have what's called an OPV valve or screw rather, where you can change it with a screw like the expensive Lamazocos or the ECMs or the ECMs pretty much have a screw. Um, if you've got, if you're, if you're a poor man, like, uh, like I am, you, you, you use an Agagia classic pro, um, you buy the kit, uh, but the kits, I mean, the kits, 20, 20 quid, 20 pounds, 20 bucks. And it will make a major difference. And it takes about 15 before, minutes to fit. Yeah. Before you do anything of what we described, you should do that. Yeah. Because otherwise all of what we described until now doesn't, that doesn't make a sense because it, it will not, uh, won't help you with your 15 bars. No, no yeah. it's just not going to work. Simply yeah. as that. I mean, it's interesting. Gajia says on there, I watched their YouTube video talking about it. They said it's not necessary to mod their machines. And I'm like, well, the, but you're putting it out of 15 bars. I'm pretty sure it is necessary. Well, you can have an okay espresso. And I mean, I have an example in my kitchen. I'm using now, still, I'm still using because nobody bought it. <laughs> Buy it. Please. I want my Gajia back. I'm begging you. I, uh, so I'm using the Nova Simonelli Oscar 2. And, uh, Mine has an OPV because I've installed it, but it didn't have an OPV. It was, uh, it was actually uh-huh. running at 14 bar, 14, 15 bar. Uh-huh. And it was making good espresso. Uh-huh. <laughs> it just does. The yeah. reason for that is that it's got mechanical pre-infusion. So there is, that is... Um, it really helps. A trick. It's a trick to um, have an even extraction and prevent um, problems that would arise when using too high pressure. Right. So if you pre-infuse, you can then ramp to a much higher temp- uh, pressure and you're okay. Mm. Okay. But if you, if you have a nine bar modification, which is, is going to be much faster, much easier to dial in your espressos and have more consistent shots because you right. will, your back pressure will cap at nine bar. It's not going to be your grind that caps a nine bar because at that point it's gonna, it might be too fast. So it's, it, makes everything more complicated yeah perfect i've got look i've got one more thing to talk about Mm. uh, and i've saved the best to last me because it's the cheapest yeah the cheapest the cheapest thing that's going to help you improve your espresso Mm -hmm. is this tap and groom 
tap and groom. So the, the, the grooming is a distribution. So you can use a distribution tool. Mm -hmm. um, but what I found, and we've talked about this before, Max, we both secretly and furtively when no one's watching because it doesn't look very professional, mm -hmm. use our chopsticks to, yes. uh, to distribute the grinds. Yes. And and <laughs> we both use one chopstick, but, but there you can buy things to 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 yeah. to do this. Um, but you can use. I wouldn't use anything flat like a spoon. But if you've got anything like a like a safety pin or a you know something like that, mm -hmm. what you want to do when the coffees come out? So actually, actually, even before you do this, mm -hmm. depending on on the grinder that you've got. So the grinder that I've got is a. Um, uh, it's a Eureka six seventy five. No, no, no. It's a Eureka. Uh, anyway, it's a it's a big commercial yeah. six five grinder, and um, the forks that hold the porterfield have got. There's like a little screw on there, and mm -hmm. you can move the forks up and down. Mm -hmm. So you can get if you're putting if you're filling the porterfilter directly, you can get it just in the right place, and then the nozzle where the grinds come out slides backwards and forwards so wow. the idea being that you set it at just the right lo uh, location so that the grinds land in the middle mm -hmm. of the porterfilter so the first thing i say is if you're if you're grinding into the porterfilter if you're grinding into the basket and you might be thinking well whatever you're in you go because i'm going in the basket i don't but you might not you might not <laughs> Right, we can talk about that. But uh, if you're grinding in the basket, you want to, as much as possible, distribute the grinds when they're coming out from the grinder into the basket as evenly as possible, and yeah. that will make Actually, a difference. Spin the basket normally, it's and a good so idea. you can spin or move the basket. That's why you see people moving the basket. But you can oftentimes on many machines adjust on many grinders, and this also goes, out, I suppose, back to what you were saying earlier on about buy a decent grinder, mm -hmm. buy one where you can adjust it so you can get your porter filter. Uh, so the grinds are coming right into the center and, 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 and distributing from there and then move it around. Maybe give a little bit of a tap or a little bit of a shake so it helps settle them in halfway mm -hmm. through the, the grinds being put down there. But then when you take it out, what mm -hmm. I do, especially if you're grinding quite fine and there's maybe a little bit of clumps in there, uh -huh. is you get yourself a little thin pointy thing Mm -hmm. uh, or chopsticks or, you know, something like that. And you just move it through the basket so that everything is moved around. Everything gets a little bit jiggy. Everything mm -hmm. gets a little bit, you know, a bit disco and you've, you've you're, moved them around a little bit and they've all settled in. What you're doing in there, you're actually distributing the fines evenly Correct. across the, the basket. You're declumping and distributing the fines. Yeah. And then you tap. Now, tapping's controversial. Mm -hmm. But, and I, I watched the most insane video on, uh, on Barista Hustle on this. Mm -hmm. So Barista Hustle is a website. I love to support these guys because they're, 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 they just do such insane, insanely good quality material. Um, it's like a subscription you have to pay like monthly. It's not, it's not very much, but mm -hmm. in there they did this <clears throat> test because some people say, if you tap, the fines fall to the bottom. And mm -hmm. then you'll have an uneven distribution. Uh huh. Not true. Well, well, okay. You say that, but they evidenced it mm -hmm. by like doing a test where they would tap hard. I think they did it like ten or a hundred times, like the thing, right? Mm -hmm. I can't remember. Well, I watched this, and 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 then they would take the top half of the grinds off and put that into another basket, right? And then they would mm -hmm. do it again, 
and then they would take the top half and put it back on the other basket. So, and then the bottom half on the first basket. So what you ended up with was a full basket of only the bottom half of two bottom halves mm-hmm. and another full basket of only the top halves. Mm-hmm. Makes sense so far? Yeah. Okay. And then they measured the extraction time coming through and mm-hmm. there was basically like negligible difference. So I what it shows is that you can tap as much as you damn well like and what will happen is you will you will even out those little pockets, mm-hmm. which is what you want to avoid, these little yep. micro pockets where the water will suddenly find an easy way through. Mm-hmm. You'll tap and, and make sure you de- declump, distribute around, and then give it a good tap before you, you tamp. And that will make a huge difference mm-hmm. in, the, uh, in the quality. But I have um, two questions. The okay. first one is, what grinder were they using? Oh God! Yeah, I don't. I, I can't. I don't <laughs> represent them. So I was simply referring a, to it. The, so the, the question, the question I'm asking uh-huh. is because if you're using a flat burr grinder, you're going to have a unimodal distribution of particles mm-hmm. as long as you're not single dosing. If you're single dosing, you're going to have a distribution over time where mm-hmm. the particle size changes because at the very beginning you have the pressure of the beans that pushes right, everything. right, right. And at the very end, instead, you don't have the pressure, so you actually have the beam bouncing. I'm pretty around. sure they use the uh, the Maholeg uh, EK43s. So that's a good one because that actually feeds the beans at the, at a constant speed. Yeah. So that that will have a very fine, very very narrow size distribution, whether you're mm-hmm. single dosing or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and that's the reason why you wouldn't have major differences between the top and the bottom. If right. there was difference to be observed, I don't believe you you would see much of a difference uh, because you, you're not really sieving. Um, if you're using instead, for example, a conical burr grinder, you will have a double distribution. You will have fines and coarse particles at the same time, as we dis- we discussed in the grinder episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why you mix most of the times, and the reason why you see lots of people mixing the coffee beans and distributing is not because they are uneven, it's because they're single dosing. Uh-huh. And they're using stuff like the niche. Mm-hmm. The niche zero, actually, now they, they've added a little bit of a modification, which is um, a small opening that feeds the beans one at a time. So it, it has a constant feed. Oh, I got you. Nice. And they're not pressured into the, into the birds because that will have a different... Uh, a different pressure while it grinds. Uh, grinders, most of the time, they're designed to run with beans on top. Yeah, that's right. The gravity pushes it down, right? Yes. So you have an even pressure of the beans, and that's why single dosing conversions often in- involve uh, a sort of a like a meat press that you can press your beans down so mm-hmm. that you evenly distribute the pressure all the time. Um that is because in that way you get an even, um, even distribution of particles. When you grind, when, at least what I do is I grind into a glass bowl and then mix that with a, with a chopstick. Okay. Well, obviously that's bananas. But what I do mm-hmm. is I, um, <laughs> I grind into a dosing cup. Mm-hmm. And then I put it, uh, the, it's like a stainless steel dosing cup. I'll grind into that. So I'll just hold that in front of the grinder. Then I'll put that over the top of the portafilter mm-hmm. and then swivel it upside down, 
give it a little tap, a little jiggy thing, which does mm-hmm. nothing, I'm sure, but makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm uh, like I'm Tom Cruise in cocktail. I do the Tom <laughs> Cruise in cocktail thing with my with my portafiller, and uh, and then from there, I'll I'll just even it out a little bit. Do the distribution with the distribution tool. Yeah. Um, and then maybe tamp if necessary. But um, if it's clumpy, uh, I will run my my chopsticks through it. I found that since I started dosing into a into a dosing cup mm-hmm. and doing the jiggy Tom Cruise cocktail move, that I don't really need to to um, to put my to do the grooming. Yeah, because uh, you, what you're actually doing is you're distributing already when you're mixing it. Because exactly. Yeah. If you had any sort of uh, unevenness of particles, when you shake it, you're actually mixing everything together. So all of the all of the parts of your coffee of your pack, mm-hmm. they are composed by the same proportion of fines and coarse particles. Right. So that's, that's something that I would definitely recommend doing. And again, all of these things that we've talked about are incredibly cheap. Right. Yeah, yeah, Relatively yeah. speaking, when you, how much you spent on an espresso machine, don't spend more on a better espresso machine until you spent 20 quid in a dosing cup or 10 pounds on a, on a, on a cheap scale. Yeah. Do that stuff first. And mm-hmm. that's going to really bring your game forward. Absolutely. Um, the other thing that will really bring your game forward is understanding the maths behind the extraction. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether we should talk about that. And obviously we're not going to talk about that today, but I don't think we should talk about that in the future. We probably should. I just think it's going to be a very, could be a very dull episode. Everyone's going to check out, but we'll give it a go because mm-hmm. ultimately, if you think about there being a curve, you've got everyone knows the terms under extraction, over extraction. Yeah. Well, it makes sense if you've got under extraction at one end of the scale and mm-hmm. over extraction at the other end of the scale, that in the middle is the good stuff, right? Yeah. And the question is okay, how do I get to the good stuff? And I'm afraid. <laughs> Once you've got your scale and everything else, you have to know a little bit of math. But look, if I can do it, I guarantee you anybody can do it. So we'll, yeah. we'll maybe talk about that on another episode. Yeah. True. That, that is another thing that I think is important. But most of the times, you can actually brush up your technique. You don't need to upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. A lot I mean, time. obviously, that's for other people. I need to upgrade. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And you need to upgrade, Max. So we, we obviously need to upgrade, but that's because we're experts. And... Yes. Actually, I want to downgrade myself. Because <laughs> I, I, I really want to start using my gadget again. It's, it's sitting uh, in the shed waiting. My... Which, which gadget? The Paros. Oh, the Paros. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I need to, need to sell the, the, the Nuova Simonelli. And... Mm. I'm loving that machine. I mean, it's brilliant. It makes an amazing cappuccino, which brings an, a whole different level of complexity. Yeah, milk's a whole nother, a whole nother episode. Yes. Or and series. we're not going to talk about We're it. not going to touch on the milk yet. Nope. Um, nope. I'm definitely not going to go there. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm really tempted by your hand grinder, Max. And um, I, I, I sort of, I sort of, I think about my, my Gaggia Classic Pro, I have to tell you what's up. I make perfectly great espresso on it. I have I have done some of those upgrades that the PID mm-hmm. um, and temperature does make a difference. You yes. do extract faster at a high temperature and slower at a low temperature, and it's and it's it's an extra variable. But until you've got all the other variables worked out, there's no point introducing that one. Yeah. Um, but I would love to have some pre-infusion. I'm 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 one of these days. I'm gonna we're gonna end the podcast because yes. I, and you get the last word in. But I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you want to say before we go, Max? No? Mm, okay, great. No, so no. <laughs> <laughs> no I, I, um, 
I'm, I'm, I'm sort of tempted to get something shinier. I just want something. Sh- I've, I've had the Gaggia for a while. Can I get True. something shiny? I, I can understand that. I can That's really what I want is something shiny. I want something shiny for Christmas. Yeah. That's I can sympathize with that. Yeah. yeah. But to be honest, if I was to upgrade, at this point, I would start considering something plumbed in. I know it's crazy, mm. but I would consider something plumbed in because um, vibrational, vibra- vibratory pumps are a bit, eh, I don't know. Kind of ruins my feng shui. Yeah, I know. I want a rotary pump. I want a rotary pump because they, they, they're cooler. And yeah. um, it's and even, it's a more even quieter. They're kind of slightly cooler. It makes you feel like a little bit more like a pro as well, having a rotary yeah. pump in there. Um, but I want something with, uh, I, I want something that definitely doesn't have an app. <laughs> yeah, no. Nope. I don't <laughs> even get started that. on the apps. I've got an app for my scale. I I've, I've never got it to work. <laughs> I don't want an app. I want something shiny. I want mm-hmm. pre-infusion, all right, and a PID. Why did you say, why did you say PID? I was about because to I say, saw you, you getting wanted... excited, and I thought I would save that to last, and I ah. just drop it in there when you when you when you're clawing. I was going up the... to propose to propose the Oscar. Yeah, but I and while it's a heat exchanger, I don't need a heat exchanger. I just need a single boiler. I don't make any milky drinks. I want a single boiler machine uh, that's shiny and uh, has a PID and flow control. So uh, if anyone wants to send me one, please do. Uh, just get in contact with me. I'll send you my address. Please send one over. Um, I'm not sure what it would be, but I really won't care as long as there's all those things. I so Max, would, uh, let's wrap it up. What have we got to talk about next week again? What are we doing next ooh, week? Next we're doing week the, again, the beans. We're doing our favorite beans. The favorite beans, man. Favorite we've beans. had to drink so much coffee. Do you know what I just say before we sign off? I've had, I had a dream the other night that the, the doorbell kept on going and I'd open it up and it'd be someone with delivery of coffee. <laughs> I swear to God, I had this dream and I, and I would, and it would be the, the doorbell kept on going and it'd be more and more people bringing more and more coffee. And I started getting, I was happy to begin with, but on the fifth, like, you know, fifth time or something, mm-hmm. I'm like, I think I might've ordered too much coffee. <laughs> a bit like that in my kitchen right now. I should see the kitchen. I've got, I've, I've got coffee bags everywhere. My friend Adrian's making coffee and he's giving me bags of his coffee and I've just got coffee coming out my ears. <laughs> That's why, you have, that's why you're wearing the, the headphones. I don't want to show people my ears because there's coffee coming out of them. So I've yeah, got the headphones uh, on. <laughs> <laughs> have a great evening, Max. I'll talk you to you soon. See you. All right. Do, 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 do. I'm going to put that in. I'm going to keep that in. <laughs> oh, wait. Here's the stop button.